This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silence from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. President saying nothing about uh, the flying objects that have been shot down. Pilots saying Lake Huron, the octagonal thing, is not a balloon. At least that's the audio coming from the cockpit. Does that make you feel any better? Plus, a miracle in Turkey. 200 hours buried under the rubble. Two brothers come out. What an exciting story in a sense because the people there are looking for some kind of hope. And that's some um, pretty good stuff, I would say, in a really desperate, horrible situation. Nikki Haley is running for president and so much more that we're going to talk about here, including your thoughts with the mailbag. And we'll go into the man cave, too, as well. Hey, hey, everybody. Kate Delaney. Hope you had a great Valentine's Day. I did. My Valentine took me out for an awesome lunch. It was crowded, crowded house. There were so many people that started Valentine's Day, I think, at breakfast, lunch, and then dinner, because in some places it was tough. Tough, tough, tough to get uh, get a reservation. I had my favorite onion soup, and I had a, a steak. Yes, I eat meat. People are like, "Oh, don't you just aren't you just plant based?" No, I eat meat not every day, but I had a flamingon, and it was awesome. So, uh, sending you love wherever you are, whatever situation you are in. Nikki Haley hopes that she's going to get love from the voters. It's not a surprise because we knew that this was a possibility of happening, but uh, she's the first in of the opponents for Donald Trump, the former president. So the 51-year-old former South Carolina governor decides, and remember, she was a United Nations ambassador in the Trump administration, decided that she was going to jump in, and she's really pushing the younger generation, saying generational change. If you think of Trump and you think of Biden, I guess there is a generational change when you're looking at the ages versus a 51 year old. So what she's saying, though, is that it's an opportunity to look at Republicans and where they're headed. That's more the focus, a new generation stepping up, rallying around substantial issues is pretty much what the meat of her early message is. So this is not a surprise. Like I said, there were lots of rumors that she was going to run for president. Now she just makes it official. The one that everybody's really waiting for is DeSantis and whether or not the governor of Florida is pursuing a strategy of jumping into this and if he runs for president he's going to have a clash with Trump for sure but will he wait a little longer to declare so yes there have been some swipes about the whole advanced age of Trump and Biden because Trump is 76 Biden is 80 and at one point she told Fox News I don't think you need to be 80 years old to go to be a leader in D.C. So she's traveling to New Hampshire after a rally planned in South Carolina on Wednesday. She's got two town hall style events. She's going to be in Iowa next week. 
It's full speed ahead. Now, I wonder if more will declare, and that really is the story. Are we going to see more Republicans jump into this? And then what uh, do the Democrats ultimately do? Biden, of course, saying that he is running. I think the big thing that's weighing on many of our minds is what is in the air? What is going on with these flying objects? There's so many rumors that are swirling around about what they are. And nobody's saying, you know, whenever asked a question about UFOs, it's kind of dismissed, but not dismissed where it makes you feel confident in the dismissal. It just makes you say, uh, huh? So four aerial devices, that's what it's being described as, downed by U.S. warplanes. And there's massive misinformation on this. Their purpose, their origin, the lack of information is insane on this. There's so much conjecture. And of course there is, because there's no information being released. There's no transparency. Biden and other top Washington defense officials haven't said very much about these shoot downs. Can you imagine that? You got to think about it. Any time in your normal life where you hear, oh, yeah, jets, a jet was scrambled. Yeah, another jet was scrambled. Oh, yeah, a jet was scrambled the next day. Oh, objects were shot out of the sky. That's not normal. I mean, it's not overreaction to what happened with the Chinese weather balloon, a.k.a. spying on us devices. So give me a break. Tell us what it is or what you know or what you can say. So anybody who likes conspiracy theories, woo, this is ripe for that. People that are grabbing the mic and throwing down some insane conspiracies, this is their time because it's popping up all over. I mean, not just behind the mic, on Twitter, Facebook, etc. I mean, is this Independence Day? Are creatures coming out of these things that were shot down? And even more than that, there are other theories as to what it possibly could be, what the foreign objects are, and what's being covered up, and how threatening it is. And and the thing I think that is obviously clear is the thought must be it's some kind of a threat, because otherwise why would you shoot it down? This isn't like the balloon that was which should have been shot down in the first place earlier, but it's not like the balloon that was identified as being from China and that was three buses long. It was so bloody big, and it was going over our nuclear silos. So I understand that. But now I just wonder, what does this mean? Online posts mentioning extraterrestrials increased by 300% since the first balloon was identified. 300% on all the platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, name it, it's out there. (laughs) And of course, it's perfect for humor. But the lack of evidence and of course, the distrust we have for our elected leaders is, is, like I said, ripe for what could this possibly be? Why are we not being told what these foreign objects are? It is the thing that is being talked about, I think, the most. Other than this horrific 
Michigan State shooting. Uh, MSU, so sad. The gunman who killed three students and wounded five might have planned to attack New Jersey schools. That's what the cops are saying now as they're finding more information out about this Anthony Dwayne McRae who had no ties to the university that anybody can figure out. He opened fire on two parts of the campus, then was found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. He had a note in his pocket that indicated a threat to two Hewing public schools in New Jersey. And MSU police confirmed that note and, and say, of course, that he killed himself. There's no longer a threat to those uh, schools. So it makes no sense as to what happened here and why certain students were hit. So vigils are being held on the campus, but really sad for everybody at MSU and, of course, all the families of those that have been killed. The heroes in Turkey. We're going to talk about that next. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com, GCNfood.com. Hey guys, why settle for poor quality Pouty Arco that's sold by stores and online resellers when you can get Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea at drinksupertea.com or 818-965-9113. The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only available at drinksupertea.com. 818-965-9113. 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com. 
Ever feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it. I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh? Want to learn? Want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today. might have missed during the day. There's always so much happening, uh, good and bad and interesting, frankly, across this great country and across the world that uh, is worth mentioning. I found this to be pretty interesting. Just 37 percent of Democrats want President Biden to seek a second term in office. That's a big drop, 52 percent, a big drop from 52 percent right after the midterm elections. This is from the Center for Public Affairs Research. So it's non-political. It's not slanting in, in any way. But that's a big drop from 52 to 37%. And there's so much conversation about running now. You just had Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, who threw her hat in the ring officially, running on the Republican side for president, saying it's about time for generational change, alluding to a couple of different, not even alluding, just saying a couple of different things, including that the two people that are running or believed to be running on the Republican side, Trump and Biden, are too old (laughs) that they're, uh, you know, you're talking about people in their 80s and late 70s. That's what she was talking about, mentioning the word time for change, generational change. Yada, yada. We'll see how far that goes. She's on the trail, though, and hitting all the main hot spots. And I wonder if more Republicans will declare and then what happens on the on the Democratic side. Rather, Ted Lasso, very popular streaming show that uh, launched and found a big audience. And, and it is back soon on Apple March 15th, the third season. It's going to debut and so they're um, they're moving this show to Wednesday. It was a show like a lot of their big shows were on Friday. So this was so, so popular. I guess they decided, well, we're going to just move the, the day of this. If you don't know what it is, it's a sitcom starring Jason Sudeikis as an American coach of a British soccer team. He returns in this role, which um, they've got the team that he coaches, AFC Richmond, facing more ridicule and predictions in the Premier League as to what will happen. I think people like his the simple style that he has, the lessons, the folksiness of him, and the improbable of him being in that position in in England and coaching that team. I mean, who knows? But it definitely, definitely has a big, 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 big audience. All right, speaking of that, this is a sad story. A soccer player at the age of 25 uh, dies after collapsing on the uh on the field uh arnie espiel 
uh, died, this Belgian goalkeeper, where he had made a save on a penalty, but then dropped to the ground afterwards. Emergency services tried to revive him with a defibrillator. They were there quickly. He was taken to the hospital, pronounced dead a short time later. So he got up as fast as possible. The ball was still in play. And then he fell. And, just a, and, and they're saying this is a terrible, terrible thing to, to watch. And, um, of course, they're put, paying tributes to him all over the place and whatnot. But, um, you know, here we, here we talk about sports. We talk about what happened with DeMar Hamlin in football, the Buffalo Bills player, where he went on the, fell on the field and actually was dead, wasn't breathing, and they revived him. And now, in this case, you have the 25-year-old not as lucky. Um, really, it just... This is this is what people don't often talk about sometimes, what what happens in sports. Now, they're doing an autopsy, and they're going to try to really determine the cause of death. Was there something that was not recognized, something that they didn't, they being the club, hit on any kind of health records, didn't recognize that he was dealing with? And that could be, you know, that could be the case, that there was something something there, some kind of a heart problem, something they didn't know about. Because there wasn't, this wasn't any kind of a hard hit. This was a normal, would be considered a normal play for him. And so um, that that really set off the alarm bells as to, you know, what, uh, what could that be? What, what could it possibly be that... Uh, that that happened um, here. All right, there's a lot made about this story. Kevin Costner, I love I love Yellowstone, the show that he's he's uh, in. I think he does a tremendous job in it, and he won a Golden Globe. And I guess officially he got that, and he got the statuette because he couldn't make his way to the ceremony because he was in an area that was flooded around his home, the terrible floods that they had in Montecito and Santa Barbara that same time. So he posted a video to social media on Monday where he unboxed the trophy and thanked people for watching the the show. I mean, he's been nominated for seven Golden Globe Awards, including Best Director in 91 for Dances with Wolves. And uh, this was a big win for him in a series that has that has really taken off he's been an actor for you know how many decades now and um good for him right i mean award shows award shows awards awards but i think the fact that it just again brings recognition to what i think is a well-written show and another show that people have found and like and are watching and is very different from from a lot of the same old same old that you see and has created sort of a need for this genre again is pretty is pretty interesting i always love when you don't know if anybody won uh the lottery, right? You don't know. It's just like a big lottery and nobody claims it for a while. And supposedly the thought is, oh, they're getting their ducks in order. Well, there was the sole winner of November's record-breaking $2.4 billion Powerball jackpot named Tuesday at a news conference in California. Edwin Castro won what is the largest 
ever lottery jackpot. He opted for the lump sum payout of $997.6 million. Wow. He purchased the ticket in Altadena, California, matched all six numbers in the drawing, and he that's it. You know, He, he said, I like this. He said, um, I'm as shocked and ecstatic to have won the Powerball drawing. I am just, I am, can't, can't believe it. He said, the real winner is the California public school system because California's public schools get $156.3 million in supplemental funds. That's a record-breaking total thanks to the win. That's what they do. The prize will be shared with schools. That's what they do based on average daily attendance records. So uh, how interesting is that? It's, and this is the thing. It's so crazy. He was at Joe's Service Center, right? And he bought the ticket. I mean, the odds of winning the jackpot, I've said this a couple of different times because it's staggering, one in 292.2 million. Wow. Wow. Um, And what's interesting, I think some people don't realize, this would be the other part of it, In California, like in some other states, the lottery is subject to public disclosure laws, which means the winner's full name, location of the retailer that sold the ticket, and details of the winnings are matters of public record, and they're subject to disclosure. They say it right on their website. So if he didn't want to tell everyone, because that's an insane amount of money, and it can be life-changing. Well, not can. It is life-changing. And so many people come out of the woodwork and come after you and whatever. I mean, there is that downside of it, believe it or not, which sounds so odd to say, oh, let me complain about the downside of winning so much money that sometimes people, they don't, of course, they don't want to say their name. They don't want to have that out there in, in public, but, um, good for him that he claimed that top prize. And just one of those things, Hey, the lottery's high. I think I'll plunk down a couple of dollars and who knows, maybe I'll get lucky. And then sure enough, sure enough, he he hits it big. And it is the odds again are so long, so long of doing that. But uh, but he did it. All right. A dozen eggs now cost more than a pound of beef. Whew, I said that at the top. It's true. Have you bought eggs lately? So the pound uh, a pound of ground chuck has fallen to 464 from a peak of 5 bucks and 12 cents and that's give or take it depends on where you live right but the price of a carton of 12 eggs $4.82 $4.82 eggs used to be so cheap didn't they and who doesn't like eggs? I mean, I suppose there's some people that don't, but I do. I feel like I'm always buying eggs. I'm always looking for a deal somewhere. Ay, ay, ay. Stay with us. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. 
Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. USA News Update. In January, inflation slightly surpassed expectations. Recent government data reveals that the consumer price index increased by three-tenths of a percent last month, reflecting higher expenses for goods and services for Americans. The Senate has approved a $95 billion aid package featuring significant allocations for Israel and Ukraine. Despite passing with a 70-29 to vote, its prospects in the Republican-controlled House remain uncertain. The NYPD is sharing images of two suspects involved in the fatal subway shooting at Mount Eden Station Monday. Chief of Detectives Joseph Kenny. Once the groups come together on the train, there's a verbal dispute that quickly leads to a physical fight. As the train is pulling into the station at Mount Eden, one round is fired inside of the train car. A 35-year-old man who was an innocent bystander was killed in that shooting while five others sustained injuries. John Schaefer, USA News. Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain until one day the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-296-1327. 800-296-1327. 800-296-1327. Call right now. Help is standing by. 800-296-1327. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay.
tell you how excited I am to introduce you to Pieta Valentine. She joins us from New Zealand. Her book is called The Resident's Voice from a Dementia Unit. And again, we're thrilled to have her on America tonight. How often have we talked about dementia and what it's like to deal with family members? And imagine the stories that she has to tell that she wraps into a novel with these really interesting characters and then shares with you things that you'll be able to do if you're in this situation in in dealing with anyone that you love in your life that that has dementia there's so much more to it than i think we know pieta thanks so much for coming on thank you very much for having me kate we got to tell everybody about your background because you have an incredible background you were honestly it's like what you told me off the air you were built to do this Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for acknowledging that. I appreciate it. So you come from a family of, of, of doctors and whatnot. How do you end up specializing in dealing with people that are dealing with dementia? Well, I had a physiotherapy practice um, 25 years working with occupational abuse syndrome, RSI, IOS, and all the muscle tension and mental tension that goes with that. So mental stress was always a very interesting aspect. But after 40 40 years as a physiotherapist, I thought, you know, it's good to do something new. And it just just sort of fell upon this dementia work, which which I really enjoyed. And from a physiotherapist perspective, there's always the the interest of rehabilitating the patient, but if not that, at least enabling them to manage to the best of their ability. So that is the attitude I went into in the unit. When I saw all these people shut down and shut off, I thought, surely, surely something can be done. And so from there, just, you know, quietly I worked away on this work and all of which is explained in the book. Yeah, and, and let's talk about the book because it's so unique the way that you've created it. It, it is a novel, but it has these other parts in it as well that yes. you share with people what they can do. So talk about how you designed the book. Okay, so the first half of The Resident's Voice, I've actually written two books, one after the other, but the first half of The Resident's Voice is a novel about the characters in the dementia unit based on my observations and experiences over many years. But it goes through uh, the story of them being able to build up their thinking capacity, build up their concentration, their communication skills, and finally developing their own unique community. So these wonderful characters are in the novel. The central uh, four or five pages is the report on this, the academic work. And then the last half is all the physiotherapy techniques that family and friends can do to help their loved ones with dementia in a very practical, positive way. Yeah. Let's talk about a couple of the characters. Um, I was drawn to Resident Jane, which makes sense because I'm, I guess, sporty. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about Jane and what oh. Jane is like. Oh, the character in the book? Yes. Oh, yeah, the character in the book. Well, she's very fiercely, of course, um, but she's very bright. But she, she, I actually had to become like a sports coach with her. That was the best way, you know, in the story, um, you know, say this, it's Daisy, isn't it, who's the protagonist? <laughs> okay, yes. so um, so she's like has to develop a sports coach uh, approach with Jane because Jane was very good at skating. She was very ice skating. She was very good at um 
um, golf, tennis. She was extremely sporty. And so she loved high, high motivation and that, that sort of team approach. And so that's the way that Daisy had to um, deal with her, you know. And Jane worked very, very hard. She was extremely hardworking um, with the work uh, that, that they did together. And because of that, they had the breakthroughs and Jane was able to say finally when she was in one of her sort of anxious, high-anxiety, angry dementia episodes, um, Daisy managed to break through and said, what's happening, what's happening? Because she needed to know what was happening in the dementia experience. And Jane finally said, fuzzy brain, fuzzy mind. And that was when Daisy realised, okay, I know what to do now. It's a stressed out, super stressed out mind. We can deal with this. And there is so, so much to that, right? It's it's being able to relate to the person on their level. So the more you can dig out, the yes. better you can connect to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And and you also talk about resident Jack and oh, yeah. based on you know, your experiences. So tell yeah. us about resident Jack. Oh, well, you know, sometimes you come across the most amazingly intelligent men and women in these dementia units. Memory gone, direction orientation gone, wouldn't know where they are in the street or where their home is, but their past memory is immaculate. And Jack is one of these characters. Um, And so all the wisdom and knowledge, but also the wonderful thing is if you can connect with someone who's still got a wonderful, uh, a good past memory, their present memory is completely gone. That's what happens in dementia. Present memory gone, past memory still gone. But if they have the right environment, as the Jack-type character did, Jack can then explain to, like, Daisy and staff members the help that the other residents in the dementia unit need who haven't got a voice to explain what they need. Wow. And, you know, there's there's more, too, as well. There's there's some other characters. We won't tell everybody everything. But um, how how unique in putting this together. And you told us about also the, the epilogues and writing the epilogues, the practical oh, yeah. techniques on how relatives can best help um, yes, a so resident, a relative in, in a dementia unit. So give us some tips on that. What can people listening do? Okay, I will do that. So... This is for if someone's institutionalised with dementia. Actually, the relative has to orientate pretty much as much as the actual person in the unit, (laughs) especially if they haven't been in a hospital before or they haven't worked in a medical environment. You know, it's a completely different world, really. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to um, adjust to. And I think that's why I've written the book, actually. I've explained everything about the routine of a dementia unit Every, all, all the um, staff and what they do, how you recognise them, the security codes, how to set up the room, you know, there's how to fill out the forms. It's an enormous amount to do if someone goes into the dementia unit. And if you can know a lot of that information in advance, it won't be such a shock to the system for the relative, you know, and if the relative's settled, then they'll be able to help the person that's going in more likely. Yeah, wow. That's um, obviously that's such a great, huge, huge tip for people. For you writing this, what was the most challenging aspect? The most challenging aspect? Yes. Well, what I suppose the report, to be honest, that's the first. But bringing this work into essence is a huge body of work. Bringing it into an understandable, relatable format is a huge body of work. 
And so that's the report at the central part of this, the residents' uh, voice, and the second book, the residents' rise. And then everything flows from that. The essence of the work being that these people still have a working intellect, um, even though their memories faded or gone or finished. Yeah, yeah, that's what's so oh, tough. And- for, that's what's so tough for everybody. Uh, Pietro, tell us a little bit about the report. Oh, okay. Well, well look, okay. Um, oh, that's interesting. Other oh, report. Okay. So that was built from the fact when I started to realize that these people could still actually think, and you could encourage that. From a physiotherapy perspective, I was encouraging them and motivating them to, to concentrate just as I would in my physiotherapy practice encourage patients to concentrate on the exercises and do their exercises. I was encouraging these people to think and concentrate and contribute and communicate and expecting them to and saying that they actually had to. Uh, if they were in the group, there was that expect that they had to start communicating. Uh, this took a long time. The concentration took a lot of time to build up. That's the hardest thing. But once people with dementia had learned the technique to be able to concentrate reading being a very big part of this, by the way, then you can actually build up the skills of confidence and communication from that. Oh, I love that. Reading being of such a big part of Reading. It. Yes, because you, thanks, Kate, you go into these dementia units, 30 people, one newspaper, no uh-huh. books, no magazines. How can you keep up any limited reading skills that you once had or any reading skills if there's no literature to read? And they've got no iPads or computers. I mean, they've got no input. They need quality input. They need newspapers, magazines, libraries, good Netflix, David Attenborough, The Crown, their history, the royal family. They need lots of beautiful, wonderful input so that their intellect and thinking can be activated and worked on used so they can have quality of life and Yeah, I love that you told us that. Um, I I can't remember ever hearing that from anybody. What is the takeaway or takeaways you'd like people to have from reading the resident's voice from a dementia unit? Well, I think the main thing is that, you know, so much can be done in a positive practical way. So much can be done in a positive practical way to help. And that's all outlined in the book. Yeah. Wow. And people will come up. Once people start doing these techniques and seeing the return, you know, I mean, it's not easy. It's not always easy. Some people are a lot more difficult than others. Some people are angry, some depressed, some anxious. And actually, I've done a lot of work on that. The second book, second lot of epilogues, The Residents Rise, that's why I wrote that book, to deal with those aspects of anger, anxiety, and depression. But once you can work through that, you know, the return you get is fantastic. And you come up with your own ideas as well. Your own creative juices start to work, you'll find, once you start to apply these techniques. Well, I suggest everybody go and get this and have it handy and and, and know the ways that you can interact as well with, with people, and especially if you're in this situation. The Residence Voice from a Dementia Unit, Pieta Valentine, thank you so much for joining us. You can get this book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever great books are sold. Yes, yes, that's right. It's a rich man's My name is Milan Vukovic. Ten years ago, I got frustrated with the quality of Pau Diarco tea sold in the stores. So, I founded the Pau Diarco Tea Club that now ships our super tea to over 100 countries. You too can order or get info about the original pure Pau Diarco super tea at www.drinksupertea.com or by calling 818 818- 
965-965-9113. Why settle for less when you can order original Pure Pau Diarco and drink Super Tea for only $34.95 per pound plus shipping? Each pound makes 300 cups, which is the equivalent of 12 cents per cup for the original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea. Order now at www.drinksupertea.com. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish. GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. We all know something big is coming, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. is Shut Up, Your Words Are Killing Me. It's author Patricia Clear joins us. She's in our virtual green room, and she's really an interesting woman and has weaved together a fascinating tale. We to hear about one of her main characters, well, really her main character, Sherry Glass, and what she's been through. Patricia, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. What was it that motivated you to write the book? Why'd you write the book? I was inspired to write the book because of my own circumstances in my life. Uh, the overwhelming journey that I have been through since childhood and coming up and then um, having my own experience with uh, men, parents, family, and um all of a sudden, uh, um, 2010, I 
came out of my bed and sat up in my bed and all the things that was going on and through my mind, it just kind of came out of my spirit. Shut up, your words are killing me. And I fell in love with it and I put it on the computer. <laughs> and next thing I know, it just took a, it took a, uh, a journey on its own. Was it, was it satisfying to write the book? Was it challenging? What was that process like? A little bit of both. It was satisfying because it's therapeutic and it helped me to, uh, I would say, I use the word vomit out, I would say. I mean, really uh, opened myself up to to express myself because no one was really around to listen. No one heard me. So... It was nice that I was able to express and bring Sherry Glass to life so she can walk in how I feel. Um, and Tina, let them let them exactly kind of understand how I feel. It was it was really nice, but it was painful. It was painful because in the beginning, starting to write, I, I start crying. I start feeling overwhelmed and remembering a lot of things that happened at the same time. Just thinking about any and everyone else. Yeah. So in thinking about everyone and, and everyone else and pouring it into these characters, tell, tell the listeners about Sherry Glass. What will we, don't tell us everything, but what, Patricia, will we learn about Sherry Glass and her journey? Sherry is a wonderful person, but she's hard-headed. She's stubborn. Um, you know, she kind of had to pick up her own uh, personality where everybody really wanted her to be something. She fought to be something else, somebody, a, a, a different person other than everyone else. So she became a a follower and a leader so well, she's still going through her journey so I know that people that uh, read this book will enjoy it and be inspired for the fact that she's praying and she's doing everything that she can while she's praying and trying to follow <laughs> trying to follow the directions that she believes is the right way while her sister tried to guide her and say, no, that's not the way. But both of them are learning at the same time. Yeah. And so is Tina really different from Sherry or do they have some things in common? Um, Tina's a little different. Tina, she is more of, um, she was more of that person to say, no, let's stay positive. Let's uh, be motivated. But she fell into her own problems too, but she, she was always looking at her sister with um, another eye to say, oh, no, it shouldn't happen this way, Sherry. And Sherry was, no, it should happen. So they kind of tug a war and back and forth with each other. Yeah, they, they have their little different personalities. <laughs> what do you hope people take away from reading your novel? I hope that people, um, it, it, you know, be inspired in the fact that there is the Bible verse in the book. And as they read it, they realize that whatever Sherry was going through, 
you can read you you can read the verses that um, that adds to the the chapter of her story, letting everybody know that while you're walking through your your journey or going through your tunnel or going through your madness, whichever way you know you would like to put it, that you always can find faith and you can and you can pray and you can just believe and and, and keep pushing no matter how hard life gets. Just keep pushing and always remember that God is with you no matter what he's there. You know, Christ is there. You can always call on him, scream at him, just talk to him. Or even in a coma, your spirit is still there. You can say something, I mean, to him. So I just want people to be um, inspired and, um, you know, have a warm felt of feel of maybe Sherry, whatever she has went through, or Tina, whichever one that you they're reading, that hopefully they can um, get and say, you know what? She's like me. If she can do it, I can do it. Um, the Bible verse of um, what she went through on uh, like just different things that's that's in there, and you can go back and say, okay, well, you're right. Uh, the mother shouldn't do this because this is what the words say. Or um, she went through this, but she this is this connect this verse connects with this circumstances. You know, just hold on. Oh, I like that. Um, you know, it's so interesting in talking with with you, Patricia Clear. I, as I said, you can get the book, Shut Up, Your Words Are Killing Me, on Barnes & Noble, Amazon. The title is so good. It just nails it. How'd you come up with that title? Like I said, I in 2010, with all the things that was going on in my life itself, like I, like I said, I had no one to talk to. And it felt like those that I was trying to talk to, they were talking at me, around me, about me. It don't matter. And no one was listening. So, and then so much that was going on around that time, um, death of a, there was a death of a loved one. And just, I just kind of wake up out of my bed and sat up in my mind was just going. And I think life, I think we experience where our mind is just, Mm, there's so much going on in our head. And before I know it, I screamed out that morning, shut up, shut up. Your words are killing me. And when I, <laughs> when I screamed out, like I said, I went to the computer, wrote it on paper, looked at it over and over, and I said, I like this. It took on its own journey. Yeah. And after this journey and putting this book together and inspiring so many people, will you do another book? I'm writing still. I'm writing right now. Um, I've been thinking about bringing Sherry into another adventure. I'm not sure what will happen. But yes, I... I wrote it back down again, and I'm still trying to get it together in my head. But I have other books that I'm inspired to, um, that I would love for it to come out. 
it just uh, gives me goosebumps to think about it. And for you, coming through everything that you dealt with as a child, dealing with, and you mentioned it, parents, family, men, how do you feel now? How, how do you feel at this point in your life? Right now, I'm at peace. Um, I, I am at peace because whatever that is, whatever it was going through, all I can do is leave it to God. I'm more relaxed. Uh, a little, a little lonely sometimes, but because I stay to myself. But at the at the end of the day, I'd rather be at peace with my own thoughts than crowded. I'm being around a lot of crowds screaming and hollering at me. So right now, I am in a good place. What a perfect place to end this conversation. Shut up, your words are killing me, the name of the book. And uh, boy, what an inspiring conversation, that's for sure. Thanks so much for, for coming on this show, and thanks to all of you for listening to this version of it. And uh, remember, words do matter, and make it count, everybody. Ever feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it. I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh? Want to learn? Want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today. The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea naturally builds good cells and kills bad cells. So it's great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting an infection, diabetes, or cancer. To order, visit drinksupertea.com or call 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com, 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com.